0: Welcome to this episode of saintly witnesses where i talk to the catholic behind the account tim speaking with john kramer who's going to come on today and give us um his faith journey and also talk about the vital work that he does regarding um the lego church project um so thank you for coming on and uh, sharing this essential information with us today about uh, your ministry that you do
1: oh uh, thank you for having me
0: yeah and so um if i'm not mistaken you said this is
1: your twenty second year doing it, right? 21st okay, twenty first year. I'm heading into season head at the end of season twenty-one and I'll be starting season twenty-two uh not in a few months.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, that's I all believe it. And uh, I'm sure you guys have uh seen John on um you know social media. You know he's a pretty popular guy. And uh this is like his his ministry that he does. So today he's gonna give us this this information and give us, you know, the ins and out of why he created it and, you know, the step by step process that he does in order to create a display. Uh, so let's get started. Um, you're a Catholic, are uh, you? You're a Cradle Catholic.
1: Cradle Catholic, lifelong.
0: So, so tell about your um, Cradle Catholic upbringing. Like, how was it growing up, middle years, and led you into, you know, adult life?
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny. We it came from a very traditionalist family uh mass on sundays holy days the family was the core and still is the core of who we are and so growing up you had that strong sense of what the faith was about Uh, my parents were active in the church Uh, they still are Uh, they currently live in flushing michigan which is about stone's throw from here and they're involved with a small little uh, parish community out that way uh, so growing up, church was important. The faith was important. We prayed. We talked. Uh, there were many times where we had stuff going on, and we prayed together as a family. So that was really the kind of the solid foundation for what I have and what I do.
0: So, you know, that sounds like your family had a big role, um, like with your faith life uh did you have any memorable moments or anything like that growing up that like helped root your faith like would it be teaching saints or just influential people within the church
1: there were a lot of people growing up uh different family members who whose dedication my grandmother uh, Frances, uh kramer she was a very steadfast in her faith she was the kind of person that would get up early before everyone else and spend time in prayer. And you learn about that. You, you learn that kind of dedication. Growing up in the church, I was also involved in some of the choir stuff that was going on. Uh, and still, to some extent, I still am, actually. Uh, within the last five or six years, I got back into doing choir on a regular basis. And it's something I love doing uh, when we're able to. <laughs> okay,
0: So um, you've been a a Catholic pretty much all your life and you never, you know, left the faith, but what would you say to somebody who, you know, wants to become Catholic or is discerning the Catholic church? Like, why should they be Catholic? What would you say, give them, what what are some, um, you know, tips or pieces of advice you would say?
1: I would say find someone within a parish to talk to, to, to kind of gain their insight as to why they are part of the faith. Uh, One of the biggest things I see is the social media, and someone starts talking about wanting to come into the church, and you get – not only do you get the people that don't want to be involved in that, but you also see these different camps that are kind of converging together to try and pull that person this way or that way. Ignore them. Ignore the social media. Talk to the people in the pews at the parish that you're interested in. Uh, Talk to the priest – learn about the faith from their eyes because they can give you a much better perspective than some Twitter warrior.
0: You uh, said a Twitter warrior, <laughs> uh, it's funny. Uh, that's a good piece of advice. I think um, although so, social media can be helpful I think you have to do the investigation and like the, the groundwork yourself and no, there's no better way to you know hit the ground running than to go into a parish yourself and, you know, ask questions. That's I think exactly. that's, that's how I got started as a convert. I think I, I never been to mass before. And yeah. then when I finally went to my first mass, the usher sat me next to somebody and they just showed me the ropes. So, uh, yeah, so it, it, it is a good piece of advice. Um, so let's go to the next part of the program uh, where we dive deeper into, uh, you know, hobbies and interests and whatnot. So, um, as we mentioned at the beginning, you know, this is, you're ending your 21st, you know, year with the Lego church project. So I'm wondering um, what influenced you to create the Lego church project? Like how did that come up uh, 21 or so years ago?
1: Well, I'd always been doing churches to some extent. As a kid growing up, Lego was a big part of my life. And while my friends are building spaceships, I couldn't do that. I just did not have the, the mental connection for that. And here I am starting to build these rudimentary buildings. They're turning into a church, a reflection of how important the church was growing up for me. And what kind of turned it from a childhood thing to a ministry was when I started doing the first displays, uh, for both at the Mount Zion Center uh, in Flushing and then uh, for the uh, first of my Christmas displays that have been going on since 2003. Uh, at Christ the Good Shepherd Parish uh, back when we're still called St. Helens Uh, and that's actually where the current project is at right now so from there it kind of turned into something a child hobby into a full-blown this is what God wants me to do he wants me to use my talents in a creative way and to that end uh, I've been I've been very well very blessed in in taking it to where it is and these projects, if you've ever seen the pictures, they're not small.
0: <laughs> no, nah, they really, um, you know, grand. They look like the size of my table, you know. They're like really big. They're like heavy, too. I'm sure they, you got to carry it with a lot of, I mean, you have to carry it with a lot of um, care and like a lot of.
1: Um, well, the, the project weighs about 30 to 40 pounds, depending. Mm-hmm. And that's not counting the uh, plywood base that it actually sits on. It does take two people very carefully to move it. Uh, it has to be transported in a small truck or a mid mid-sized SUV. Uh, I think Father Jose over uh, at All Saints in Bay City brought it inside his uh, his uh, SUV, which was kind of interesting to see it be fit in there because it just had just enough room. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely the dimensions on the current one are like 46 inches long by twenty. I'd say 25 inches wide and a height about 23 inches, which is fairly substantial, considering that you not only do you have the exterior of the building, but you've also got all the details on the inside.
0: So you've been doing this, you know, going, almost starting 22 years. Yeah. What what have been some of the experiences like for you?
1: The fun part is when I sit down with the bricks to try and figure out where things are going to go for the season. I often say that I never know where the build's going to go or what kind of story I'm going to tell until I sit down and actually start figuring things out with the layout. The layout alone can take, can take anywhere from a couple hours to a couple days, depending on what's going on. And even then I'm still working on other sections and I'm still not fully satisfied with how things are going to turn out. <laughs> so the layout is constantly changing on me, even mid build, but The other part of it, too, is when I have the chance to share the project with others, both in the photographs, on social media, but also when I do my public displays, there people see it in person. They see see the physical building and they get drawn to it, and then they look inside and they realize what it is and what kind of an impact it has. Uh, I've seen a lot of people react in very interesting ways to the building. I remember one year I took it to an assisted living place uh, just outside Saginaw and the seniors just loved it. They were reminiscing about the past, uh, probably triggered a lot of memories that they probably didn't realize that they still had, uh, Just to, but just to see the look in their faces. Uh, and you get that healthy mix from the young to the older generations someone gains something from my work and that means a lot to me.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. Um, So going on to the next question, at the beginning you mentioned about the design process. So tell a little bit about the design process, like how do you, what goes into planning and drafting and taking down, you know, the ideal display that you create?
1: Well, what happens is basically I set up with, I've got a grid pattern that I use that I've been using for a long time now. It makes things simple in a, in a way that it gives me a foundation to work from. But at the same time though, you're trying to look ahead to see what you wanna do. You look backwards to see what you've already done, see what might be interesting to re-explore. And from there, you kind of get an idea as to how things are gonna shape up. Now I can go in with a 1001 ideas that I wanna go and put into the next season. And sometimes they work out, sometimes it doesn't quite go according to plan. And that's the fun part of it. Cause you never know where the story is gonna go. You never know, there may be a design choice that that you're not thinking of at the time, but it kind of works out in a way that you wouldn't even expect. And I've certainly had a lot of fun with some of the builds. Uh, season 21 definitely had its interesting challenges. Uh, But at the same time, though, the rewards are worth it because people are loving it. People love what I do. And it's humbling. It truly is humbling to know that you're having a positive impact on someone's life.
0: So during this time, you've highlighted, you know, the reactions of people, um, you know, the feedback that you've received over the years. Um, what are some key life or not just some key lessons that you hope people get when they look at your displays? Like what are some things that you hope people take away from um, your designs?
1: The one thing that I always strive for is letting people know that no matter what challenge they face, God can still use their talents. I have a mild form of cerebral palsy. So I have my own set of challenges with that from mobility issues to uh, hand-eye coordination, things like that. There there, there are things that are always in the background. And yet here I am, not able to work for whatever reason, I'm still able to do something very creative and I'm still able to minister to those around me. So uh, of hope, Uh, I've seen parents whose children have got their own challenges they can look at my work and realize, oh, my gosh, my child can actually do something as well. It may not be Lego, but it may be something else. Uh, just one of the fun parts about it. Um, I've, I've been able to inspire other artists, uh, not just those with disabilities, but other artists as well. And that always is a lot of fun to see what you're doing and to see how kind of, it's like, we go back to that impact. I I think the impact of my work means a lot to me because it gives me hope as well to know that I'm doing the Lord's work.
0: Yeah, it's always good to um, sow a message of, you know, perseverance and most importantly, hope, you know, that's a a Christian virtue of hope. Uh, And I think, you know, when people see your life and see the amount of hard work and effort that you put into a display, um, you know, definitely it stresses how important, you know, never giving up and just persevering. And despite all that can, all, all that has happened, you know, it's not the end all be all like you can still do great things uh, with the gifts that God has given you. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely a, a powerful, um, a powerful thing to walk away from. So, just out of curiosity, and it's like a, a fun question: um, Who is your? Do you have a favorite saint that you you like? And if so, like, what's a life lesson that they that they give you, or a lesson well, for your
1: faith? The person that I've always been drawn to is Blessed Slatis Casey. Now, I'm not sure how familiar you are with his story, but he was a Capuchin who spent a good number of years in Detroit. Mm. He's got connections, direct connections to both sides of my family. So he was, he had a dedication to the faith and a great sense of wisdom about him. People would come to him asking for advice, but he was also very humble despite his own challenges. And I think one of the things that I've been able to take away from his life is to be humble. To remember that this is not about myself, but this is what God is doing through me. And and that no matter what challenges I'm facing, I can still be of uh, service to God. And I I think for me, that's a very important part of it. That's very important to to understand. So, yeah, so definitely Father Salaam's case. In fact, I talk about him a lot. (laughs)
0: Well, you definitely given us some uh, research to do for those who aren't familiar with uh, Blessed Solanus Casey. Uh, I'm not sure if he's a blessed. I'm, I'm familiar yeah,
1: he, with... Yeah, he is. He was, uh, actually, it was kind of funny. He was actually beatified, I think, 2017, which would have been Season 18's project. And I actually had a photograph of him included inside that particular project, uh, that particular season, just before they made the announcement that he was going to be (laughs) re-edified.
0: Okay, okay. I am familiar, (laughs) I'm vaguely familiar with Blessed Solanus Casey. Uh, So uh, definitely empowerful, uh, an empowering figure. And um, I think you hit it right on the nail. You you said, you know, what the Lord can do through you. And I think, uh, you know, your ministry with the Lego Church Project is something that the Lord is definitely, you know, giving you the gifts and talents. And he's definitely working through you to you know show people um you know creative beauty transcendent you know awe inspiring designs, and you know just showing them a a real good example of um you know God using the gifts that he's given every one of us uh at the at his best so it's definitely something we can all uh you know get from your your story. But definitely want to say thank you for coming on today and sharing. Thank this, you for having me. It's great information. Um, and you guys, if you're not following John, you should definitely follow him and, and be sure to um, look at his displays that he 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 has. You know, they, with Lego it's so complex, little parts, but he magnificently you know creates these grand designs, and so um, that really captures the beauty of a cathedral or or a church. So please take a take a second look. Or take a look at them when you get the chance, because you know these are really great designs that he's um, creating. Uh, well, that's going to be this the end of this episode of Saintly Witnesses, and uh, you guys can tune in to the next episode. <laughs>